the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Cyber Demon. One Hell Knight. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'll spare you the doom noise. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 199. Yep. I feel like it should be playing uh, E1M1 music. E1M1? Yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. This is I another, like that song. This is a good song. Doom soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Doom soundtrack. Original I, Doom soundtrack. Good. Doom 2016 like soundtrack. Also good. Oh, okay. I was not expecting also good. Also good. Did not play it. It's uh, lots of down-tuned seven-string guitars. Cool. You should play that game. It's very good. I'm sure I'd like it. You you would definitely. You would. There would be multiple moments where you'd like, hell yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it does. It does. It does. Uh, the 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 franchise well. It's a dearth of uh, demon killing and metal in my my life. I, so maybe... I mean, it really is like it. It is the perfect soundtrack to kill demons too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably a good workout soundtrack too. I bet. They say that video game music makes uh, good good workout music. The whole thing is to keep you going forward. It's true. It's true. It's what you need. Unless you listen, unless you're listening to Mario Water level music. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. All right. Rain it in. Rain it in there, Bobby. <laughs> All right. Uh, this bunch of comic books uh, came out this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Hellblazer, all his engines later on, but we have to get to those aforementioned comic books that came out this week. Eric. Hey. Hey, hey. Bob. Hey. What's up, dude? Hey. It is time for We Love Lobbies. We Love Lobbies is the part of the show, and Eric and I will read a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. Goes from one to five. Uh, first up is The Falcon, number one. Writer Rodney Barnes, artist Joshua Cassara, colors Rochelle Rosenberg, letters Joe Caramagna. So Sam Wilson, mm-hmm. Falcon again. Yeah. And... Gang violence is caused by a literal devil. I don't like this book. I don't either. Yeah. I think, like, I think it's weird because the book is literally uh, written by a black man. I looked that up because the dialogue felt really weird and clunky. I think it just doesn't scan very well in a comic. I, this... It, I, I, I was thinking about it as I was reading this, and mm-hmm. it is trying to put Sam in a place where he's I, – I, they're trying to use the context of Secret Empire and all that stuff to and put this character in a different place than he was before, before he became Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think I, – I, 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 I try to envision a comic book that could successfully tackle the idea of – of of crime and gang violence and race and all of that stuff 
in mm-hmm. a superhero comic, and I don't know how it would be done, and especially not in a Marvel comic in 2017 when I like it the way the world is right now. It is incredibly hard to like. What is what is the Falcon gonna do? Unless he is tackling like systemic, like he, beating up people is not a. There's not like mm-hmm. that. That usually well, even he even he says like he says that there's bigger things that like I you know as a superhero this isn't gonna solve it or derp 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 and then he proceeds to try and superhero the problem. Yeah, and. and it felt very, very simple. Yeah, this is not a not an issue that I want the Falcon to be working. Like, go mm-hmm. have the Falcon beat up clan members or something. That'd be fine with me. I'd be cool with that. Or fight Nazis or whatever. Like, literally, like, make, twist that mm-hmm. back on itself about how Hydra was Nazis and have Sam go fight Nazis. But, like, trying to, if it, what, if it was just, like, it feels incredibly simplistic when, you have the plot of the the book is Sam trying to get these two rival gangs in Chicago to make peace with each other. Mm-hmm. And there is a mustache twirling villain that turns out to be a literal devil. And there are plenty of people who are like this in real life. They are not devils. They are just yeah. men. Yeah. And I understand they make it a devil because that is a a thing Sam can go punch to fix the problem. But I don't it like it feels backwards and feels like I don't like this is these social issues are not ones that I want a devil to be assigned to. Like, oh, suddenly we kill mm-hmm. this devil and men behave better. Men behave perfectly terribly without devils, marble no. demons around. The problem with that, at least it seems nowadays, is some jerk off is going to take their size. <laughs> It yeah, sure feels like that, that so you might yeah. as well make it a fucking demon. That's I well, I'm yep, I I don't know. I I think the book looks I like No, it does. It look it looks very good. Yeah, I I I, I, like... I have no problem with the look of the book. And you know, I actually kind of like him in the mentor role with um is his name Sean? The hell's his who is he? He's I forget his name. Patriot is his code name. Yeah. Ray Sean is his name. Ray Sean. So Sean for short, probably. Okay. I like I like Sam as the as the mentor. Yeah. I think that's pretty neat. But I think that I don't know. It it's I think it's too. It's like either like it's this is a, a issue that you can't solve with fights and <laughs> you adding demons in there. Like if you want Sam Wilson to fight Nightmare, uh, cool. I'm all, I'm on board, but if it's like rooted in oh, it's that's what is causing gang violence. I no, it's way it's that's a big subject. You're not gonna do that in a especially a Marvel universe superhero comic that is beholden to Secret Empire and all the problems that Secret Empire had. And I don't know. I haven't read any. I didn't read any. Like he's uh, Rayshon was in the same Wilson Secret Empire books, and apparently this is behave. It's a very strange turn. For, I don't know. There's I've heard I've seen a lot of criticism, but I I just it's just the direction. Like I don't. It, it's not like it's written poorly. I think some of the dialogue is a little mm-hmm. clunky, and I don't know yeah. why you spell like 
I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird style choices at times that I'm like, I was scratching my head about, but I, it's overall, it's his direction. Like, I don't like, it seems dismissive to say, oh, well, in this specific case of gang violence, the, a demon is doing it. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, do not buy. Like, um, yeah, I don't all on board for that. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, double do not buy the Falcon. Number one. Next up, Runaways, number two. Written by Rainbow Rowell, Art Krasanka, Colors Matt Wilson, Letters Joe Carabagna. Some more Runaways for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. I, I like what this is doing, but it still feels incredibly slow to me. This is like so little content in this book. This is like a conversation. Yeah. This whole book is a conversation. Yeah. And not even a long conversation. It is one scene. Yeah. It is so short. It is like how I I don't know. It's I mean, are there going to be like 10 issues in in an arc? Like this is so this is I don't know. There's not enough content here. It's just slow slow beats and almost nothing happening. Like all right, we're getting the I I'm like we're getting the gang back together it seems. Mhm. But it is not, it's, it is, I don't know, like, I like it, but it feels like this should, is so decompressed, I I, kind of, like, in reading Claremont books Mm -hmm. recently, you realize, like, wow, they really have, like, this would have been three panels if Chris Claremont was writing it, or, or a page. Yeah. And now, and suddenly... It's like that reveal uh, of the head in the box. Like I, I would have, that should have been like I, I feel like maybe come back to this in trade or a couple trades and see how much mm-hmm. actual story has. Like there's not even a villain in this yet. Yeah, there's no stakes. And like I mean, we've already resolved that like Gert is alive again. There's no stakes now. Yeah, and they're and yeah, they're they're we're checking in on on all the old team members that are alive or dead and is but it's not what why like is the 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 villain is that they are they miss each other or they the team Mm -hmm. broke up like oh that's not a all right what it like give me give me a thesis give me something yeah growl is just i mean she's a novelist and i mean it's not like this kind of character depth or this kind of like this is all this is all good stuff. It's just this is this feels like the wrong format for the way this is being told. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe that's an asinine uh, uh, comparison. But it's just this would make I would I would not even blink if there was a scene like. But this would be just I don't know. You could tell this story in a couple of pages in less than this many pages in a novel. Right, and it's <laughs> I mean Chris Anka's art is great. I just it's w- go- it's go- it's beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I but I want it. I want him to be drawing like more than people standing around in b- buildings mm-hmm. with cute outfits. Yeah, I mean that's cute outfits are great. I just don't. I want mm-hmm. other things in this story. Like where and it is, it's paced slowly, and they don't they don't like it, we're not seeing them. You could move them around to a lot of different locations. You could stage them in different settings that would 
could also help tell the story environmentally, and that isn't there either. I don't know. I I still like I like it, but I mm-hmm. I don't. I felt bad paying like after reading this, I'm like four dollars, and this, yeah, that's like I'm I want a I want a lot. Of, I need story. I need movement. That's why I basically have stopped reading Brian Michael Bendis. Is that mm-hmm. I'll read him in trade maybe when yeah. I where I get a size amount of story at a time. But this is this felt like it this again, this felt like this stuff should be established in like half of the first issue. Um, decompression of comics, man. Yeah. I, I I think I'm a do not buy until trade, basically. I feel like there's I don't want to I I it hurts me to say that. You might be you might be right. I don't want to say don't buy it though. I mean, it's because I think I think this book should be supported, and I, I, I love this team. It's just, yeah, damn, it's not really appropriate for this, uh, you know, direct market monthly book. Yeah, like I like the direction, and I like, yeah, I like this is compelling, and it feels like she gets it, and she's ready to get Runaways back on track. That probably most people haven't really been keeping up with this. This is like a return to form. It works great as that, but but it, it's, yeah. I I want things to happen, and there's just mm-hmm. nothing. It just, it feels like a lot of spinning wheels to get yeah. to a certain point, and I, beats need to come faster. I, I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't care about that, if you like the super decompressed storytelling of people just sitting around and talking a lot, then you'll probably be fine with this but i want more mm-hmm. so double do not buy runaways number two all new wolverine number 25 written by tom taylor art juan cabal colors nolan woodard letters cory pettit so we're we uh we i i believe uh the, the you know the, the news of triple wolverine mm-hmm. i thought it was it was a, a good place to check back in with see how uh laura's doing yeah they're rocking like docking i yeah Hey, Dawkins. Dawkins in this. Dawkins, his arms in it. Yeah, I mean, all him and then his arm. Mm-hmm. I don't. He probably did not enjoy the arm part. I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. I like this a lot. I I, I like this a lot too. Yeah. When he said, "I don't know," I was like, "Really? I, no, no, no. I don't know about. It's not. I don't know about the quality of the book. I don't know about Dawkins uh, and his arm. Is uh, the orphans of X thing? I'm very. I I'm intrigued. Like, I want to know what's happening with this. I feel like I like. This, I always like it when books openly acknowledge the 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 their history, the weird you know Laura and Dokken and this weird oddball Wolverine family they're building, and also acknowledge I don't know the history of uh, and the potential of pain and trauma and 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 and, and damage done in the history of these characters and especially i feel like it's super appropriate for a character uh the character of wolverine and like laura inheriting that kind of that the title it feels like this is the direction she should be going in you know it should be examining the damage done by her and her trying to move past it and trying to you know it, it's a lot of things they've done with they used, they did with logan a lot a lot but i feel because she has a different legacy than him, it puts a new spin on it. It's also very pretty. I really like how it looks. No, it looks it looks really, really great. Colorist, particularly on point. I love the scene with Angel in the helicopter. 
of course he owns two helicopters. He's fucking drinking coffee with her in a helicopter above the clouds. That's excellent. No, I'm happy with this book. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to go back and get the trades for this all for this for this title because I've lost track of it in the late single digits. And She's a surprisingly great character. I I am very excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I I I appreciate it. I like it. I feel like it. I don't know. I, I it's I, I don't think people should sleep on it. With a title called Wolverine, but I have a f- I don't know, like I have no idea what they're going to do when Logan, OG Logan six one six Logan comes back because what what are you going to call him? I'll just call him Dad. Schnicket. I'm a buy on all yeah. the Wolverine number twenty five. Uh, that's a double buy. Bub. Bub. Uh, next up is the Fighting American number one. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Written by Gordon Rennie, Art, Duke Mighton, Colors, Tracy Bailey, Letters, Simon Bolin, Editor David Leach. Created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. I just saw this thing, I was like, this is a weird thing. Like a weird mm-hmm. take on 50s comic uh, mm-hmm. character living, t- coming to the, the present and, you know, t- juxtaposed against cell phones and uh, pinup. Advertisements with women <laughs> is really yeah. all they were. The, the 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 and the I don't I don't know. What do you think, Eric? I didn't I did I this is the wild card of the week. I did not not enjoy this book. I mean, it, I thought it was pretty weird and interesting. Um, I like it. It's a little it's a little Airboy, you know, without all the shit that made uh, Airboy like kind of tank. Yeah, it has that kind of like here is. Mm-hmm. Pulpy, patriotic, commie beaten superheroes, and put them in 2017, and they look so—they're so stupid and and awful when put in a present day. And I—I I don't know. This comic is constructed like this. Feels like kind of a counterpoint to the Falcon in a certain way, where it is, I guess, shining a light on our pop culture and our cultural values of that time period, which so many people honor and respect. I love life in the America. Where can we go back to the good old days? And I don't know, by having this weird duo come to the present day and feel like this book is going to examine it and probably be really, I know it's half stupid and half brilliant. Mm Mm-hmm. I I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the art. It's really ridiculous. It's it's weird enough, and it like it's almost like the uh, the pant the layouts. Like there'll just be a guy, and his face is on right there on the picture plane, like inexplicably, and like they all have the big horrible square mouths, like Kirby would do. It it it. I definitely like it for all of those weird Kirby esque quirks. And some elderly lady supervillain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Throwing a bomb. And demented chaos lad. Mm-hmm. I like that a bit. I like that bit quite quite a lot. Um, I'm a buy on this book. I didn't know what to expect, but I'm a buy. It is. It's. It's. It's pretty okay. I like it. 
Yeah, buy. <laughs> Double buy. Why, why not? Double buy on Fighting American, number one. Last book of the week is Redlands, number three. Uh, writer and colors, Jordi Belair, Vanessa Del Rey, art, Clayton Cowes, letters, production, uh, Becca Carey, back matter, material and design, Mallory Wyman, Led- Redlands, articles, logo, buy, photographics. I'm totally, I'm down with this book now. I'm pretty much like on board. Every issue is a fucking curveball. Mm-hmm. It really is. And this one is goddamn explicit. Yeah, it is. I mean, Vanessa like, Ray is, she draws a lot of smut, so. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, I'm. that's fine. I but, Dude got his junk bit by a dog. Yeah, that's not good. That's a, that's a bad, that's a bad <laughs> deal, brother. For him, it's particularly bad. But he's a, and that he, dude turns into Killer Croc. He does. He's a he's a Gator Man. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a werewolf, but he turned into Gator Man, turned into Killer Croc. At least he can change back. That's uh, yeah. Croc can't do that, unfortunately. That's that's true. Croc. He can hide in the walls of a children's school, though. Do you not remember that? Uh, no. You don't oh, wait, remember no, no, Gotham Goth- Academy? Yeah, Gotham Academy. I, I, I was not sure where you were going. Yes, I remember Gotham Academy. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, I, again, surprised by the transpirance, but I don't know. It is full of craziness and mood and I don't know. It's exciting. I, I like this book more every, every, for every issue. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't know. It's an interesting, like I am fully engaged with the world now of this place. I, and I, I really like the little, the fake newspaper articles at the back and... How to field dress a deer. Yeah, I like all that stuff. It, it makes it, it makes me want to learn how to field dress a deer. Well, it there you go. It's right there. I know. I don't really want to do that, but... I want to... I, I, I actually do want to hunt uh, wild Florida pigs. I've wanted to for years. Be careful. Eat no shit, right? <laughs> they kill people occasionally. Yeah. That's why it's important to shoot them and then eat them. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm some of the people that pigs have killed. I'm certain their plan was to shoot and eat the pigs. Yeah. And then it didn't work out for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, uh, Vanessa Ray's art. I still really enjoy it. Uh, I, I think this is a very good book. I'm kind of, I'm, it's a, it's like a, Every issue is like, what's happening? Oh man, that's that's kind of crazy. Bye, buy it. It's good. Mm, it's got lots of doing it. It does have that this issue in particular. Also, the dude's junk getting bit by a dog. Mm-hmm. Not good. Painful, I assume. Double buy. Redlands number three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the week of floppies for this week. There'll be more comics next week. Probably. I assume. Right? Safe assumption? Hmm. You know what they say when you uh, assume things. Y- yep. You think things are going to happen? And then... No, they, they then... say shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to. Uh, make recommendations or talk about news or whatever we want. Eric, what's what's going on? How's October going? <sighs> this is stressful. It's very, very stressful. Turns out, um, as much as I love it, it is like a, I put a lot of pressure on myself. 
during during this month. Um, I don't know that it's affecting me negatively or not, but I, I don't know. I've done I've done fifteen so far, and you, when you look at like oh that's barely half of the month, like that's still fifteen like pieces that I've done. Like I I had them all together the other day. I was going to show them to someone. That's a lot. That's a lot of work to have all. To, it's just I don't know. It's bananas. It's so crazy. I mean, that's the the goal is to push you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean to keep you motivated and keep you sharing and to it's it's definitely a thing that I needed about three or four years ago. You know, when we were hanging out at your your old apartment in South Florida, and I was like drawing that um that Jenny from Pretty Deadly, you know, right around then. Mm-hmm. That was definitely when I really needed it in my life. Not that I don't like not that I'm not happy that I'm doing it. It's just I wonder if I'm gonna do it next year. Maybe I'll find something else to occupy my, my October with. But it I I don't know. I do thoroughly enjoy it. I just kinda wish I could do it a little bit more low key. I don't know. People are people are into this. People are interested in what I'm doing. You know, I get a lot of uh, attention. People, uh, particularly from um, you know the the local art scene, they see me doing it, and I believe I've inspired um, plenty of people around to start doing Inktober for the first time. So it's good. It's flattering. I also attended the closing event. It's been happening for this week, and I think maybe even the week before. It's uh, the Shine Festival in St. Petersburg, and a bunch of local artists and friends have been um, doing, it's like a big mural convention. People are just throwing murals up on all these new walls, and the the city pumps a lot of money into it and brings in uh, big name artists. I mean, like, it was kind of our local art scene that started the whole, like, uh, mural movement here. Uh, but they've started bringing in uh, outside, like big name muralists, to to decorate the city. It's starting to look pretty amazing. I think the next time, um, the next time you're around, I have to I have to bring you and you and old Kimbo. I have to drive you around and and, and show you the way it looks because it's definitely pretty wild and pretty interesting. But yeah, it was the closing event and it was a really good it was a really good event. Got to see a lot of great people and you know, had some good times. Really fun night. Cool. I assume you did nothing. You you uh stared at a cat. I did some of that that I don't generally want to talk about that only. You don't? Not only talk about cats, staring at them. No, I I've done things in the in the meantime. Say it ain't so. I know. Uh, I I've played Middle Earth: Shadow of War. Did you ever play Shadow of Mordor? Mm-hmm. I believe we've talked about it. This is a sequel to that game. Cool. Did you like Shadow of Mordor? Yup. It's like that. <laughs> it's just more. Yeah, it's basically just more. It's way bigger. Uh, there's way. I mean, the story is bad. The main <laughs> the, the main story is bad. Uh, it's a bunch of nonsense uh, with orcs and rings. You know, it's Lord of the Rings garbage that's not even good enough. To, you know, it's just retcon stuff that they could put in a video game. It it is not why I'm playing the video game. It I am playing that game for the Nemesis system. The Nemesis system is 
bigger and better than in the original. And the orcs are really have have your orc fantasy battle dating simulator. Uh, the orcs are really uh, they have. So it's orc dating a little bit crazy b- bits of I mean, there is domination in it. Uh, crazy amounts of orc variants in their personalities. Uh, they all remember you if they come back, if you don't kill them, if they run away, if they kill you. There's like all of them have their own little memories, their own little stories. They each have the <laughs> they they're they're often funny or silly or like genuinely little creepy at times. And you know, there's one guy that just has an axe in his head. He just, as, as one does. Yeah, he just has an axe permanently in his head. Another one has, like, a giant fire sconce, like, on his head. And he's like, this hurts a lot! I hope you make it worth it! It's just, And it's silly. But, and I, 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 the game fully, like, that's the weird thing. Like, the story is really self-serious, and we must reclaim the ring. And you have this elf ghost inside of you, and blah, blah, blah. We must get hit the ring back and defeat Mord, and go to defeat Sauron in Mordor, and reclaim all these places. And, uh, serious. And then you play the rest of the game, all the open world stuff, and all the side content. And it's super silly, and fully aware you're playing a video game. Like, they true, like, they definitely, like, hey, this is really, like, a video game. We're not gonna try and, like, 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 bring, like, lore reasons for all these things. It's really just, like, it'd be fun in a video game to do this, so that's why it's here. So, I kinda wish that the main story wasn't there, honestly. Like, I just, like, give me, like, all the side content of and have me run around in this, in this world. And be silly, and let me like have this nemesis system that I can work around in. But the story itself is also. You've read the Lord of the Rings books, Eric? Uh, not really. You've seen the movies? I've seen the movies, and I've seen. I mean, I tried to read the Fellowship. Did you read Hobbit? Have it. you read the Hobbit? I've read the Hobbit many times. Okay, uh, you know the the giant spider, Sheila. Sure. Hobbit. Uh, Bill. I know it mostly from the movie, and yeah. there was. There was like the forest with spiders in it, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, the Hobbit. The Hobbit. He escapes from Shelob with the ring, and then then they finds uh, Gollum. Okay. Like that's the order of operations there. Uh, so Shelob was a giant, big, giant, scary spider, right? Please excuse my dear aunt's Shelob. Precisely. I'm sorry, I had I had to say that. So Shelob was a big, giant, scary spider, and in this video game, she is now a sexy lady. Okay. I I don't like I guess there's a vague allusion to that she is a shape that it is a shapeshifter in one of the ex- distant lore things that Tolkien wrote that no one but the deepest darkest nerds have read. And so basically just Stephen Colbert. Yeah, basically only Stephen Colbert. And I guess they just went with that and said, "Well, we would like a sexy lady in our video game." So here's a sexy lady who's also a spider. Uh, it's a weird thing. I it and it again, the main story bad, but the rest of the stuff is very much fun. And I wish mm. the game would just. I don't think anyone. I think everyone in who played that original game, they thought this game's awesome. 
everyone was saying that because of the nemesis system and all the orcs and all the fighting and like the Batman fighting system worked really well. well and I don't remember anything about it being clunky or, or bad. Like it felt like a very good take on the world. You know, it felt very couched in that that uh, Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings world. I mean, Gollum's in it, and I didn't yeah. like I didn't like Gollum in the first game, and Gollum's they, and all the criticism I read was, "Why is Gollum in this? He's not." And then he's back in this one for more, and I just I it I I it feels like the main story is very self serious, and you're trying to get revenge on your own death along with the death of your family. And then the rest of it is like, here, you're going to creep behind orcs and then they're going to like say something pithy to you. And then you'll chop their head off with a really slow, like exaggerated animation. And then they'll come back to life with their head stitched back on, which is ridiculous. It's it's just, uh, it's still fun. I don't know. I just think that they wish they, I don't, I don't, they don't need a third one. There probably will be a third one. I don't. I wish they did another game and just did the Nemesis system in it with a different setting. Batman, do a Batman game with the Nemesis system. Randomly generated rogues. I think that'd be fun. Or just a superhero game. You do a generic superhero. Make up your own. They wouldn't do that because it's Warner Brothers. They need to have a license on everything. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is uh, I read that I thought it was very interesting. Uh, is Jim Zub's newest blog about creator-owned economics. Uh, specifically, because he's done this before, uh, for, for a lot of his, all his creator-owned work, he's, he's been unbelievably open about how well things have worked and not worked. And now he has basically done that for Wayward, which I would probably say is his most successful creator-owned work. And, it's really, really interesting. He goes extraordinarily in depth. He has lots of charts and, and and explanation about cost versus profit. He doesn't have any numbers on it, but he does. You know, there is a you know, there's ratios and stuff like that. And it's I it, it reinforces what we've talked about a lot in that he's you know Wayward's pretty far along now. You know, they're they're getting into the uh, the late twenties and thirties numbers issues, and it has fallen off. Uh, single issue sales, you know, it's not nearly as high as they used to be. And he says that's, you know, it's a product of the story being around for a while. But at the same time, trades are extraordinarily successful. Long tails. And I, I like, he only speaks for himself in this specific book, but it feels more and more like that is, it's going to have to be the norm eventually like i don't know if eventually there will never be single issue comics ever again or something but at a certain we're going to hit a point where trade sales make up so much of the average comic readers purchasing that the market will have to shift to pushing trades first and foremost or at least longer collected work like over single issues I encourage everyone to read it. It's very good. And it's really neat to see a creator be willing to share this. You know, he doesn't have to. Yeah, he's pretty open. Yeah. And I don't know, it, it it's just more and more it feels like I see more and more places and more and more more comic shops, more creators, more people just realizing like the future is in collections and in trades and hardcovers and stuff like that. Probably not in single issues. That's about it. 
We talk more about PUBG, Eric. You want to play? You want to talk more about PUBG? I've never heard about it. Not ever. Never. It's a fun. No. Game. It's a fun. Tell video me about. Game. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me about chickens. They're delicious. I guess that's true. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club this week. We are reading Hellblazer, All His Engines by, see, written by Mike Carey, Art, Leonardo Manco, Colors, and Separator, Lee Lefferidge, and Xylenol Studio. Letters, Jerry K. Fletcher. We we haven't read any long-form Constantine. Mm-mm, none. Couple issues. Yeah. The ones that I remember the most clearly. I think we read a Constantine Swamp thing, but I think I remember the Tinian, the Tinian the best. Uh, this is, let's see, came out in, I believe, 2007, I want to say. Are you kidding me? Really? I think so. Let me check. 2005. Excuse me. Wow. 2005. It Why? feels so 90s. It hurts me. <laughs> it's so nuts that it came out then. Is that? Are you sure that's not the when the trade was released? I mean, it's a graphic novel format. This is not oh, really it was ser- a graphic novel. Yeah, it was okay. not. It was not serialized. So it was. It was a, a Vertigo book released 2005. Um, why do you say it feels very 90s to you, Eric? I mean. It is a Vertigo book edited by Karen Berger. It looks very Sandman in nineties and like the 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 monsters look like nineties uh cart like like indie cartoons. It looks like the head. Did you ever watch the head? Nope. Do you are you aware of what I'm talking about? I don't think so. It was like one of those like animated shows that MTV was putting on right around the same time of Eon Flux. To my memory, it's not like, it's not like a bad show. It's just like, just kind of, just being weird and gross for the sake of being weird and gross. It feels very much like in that image of um, that 90s Sandman. But I mean, I guess that's, maybe that's just what Vertigo was at the zenith of Vertigo. I mean, trying to recapture that Sandman vibe. I think it is like I kept thinking about you're like, oh, yeah, there's a quote from Neil Gaiman on the cover. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you're going to I'll just read it because I might as well just do that. Mike Carey has written the quintessential Constantine story. If you want to see what the fuss is really about, you should read this book. And it feels basically like a Hellblazer Constantine primer. Mm hmm. Like, I, you know, I am, I, theoretical comics reader, have never read Hellblazer before, but, and I am interested at a a distance of it, but there's, like, so many issues of it that came out in the 90s, and I kind of just want to read a self-contained thing, and I want to know, like, what the gist of the character is. And this is, I feel like this is what this is. It feels like very much like... Here's basically who John Constantine is. This is what he's going to be facing generally. You know, he's going to be he's going to be using magic. He's going to be tricking demons and gods to do stuff. Uh, and he's going to be kind of a asshole while he does it. Mm-hmm. Smokes a lot of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Wears a wears a big ugly coat. Does wear a big ugly coat. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like this is like 
like all it, you say it feels like the 90s and feels like Sandman well it, I like Hellblazer basically what came around because of Sandman and I think like maybe it's just appeal to that audience you know? mm-hmm. I mean if you liked if you liked the original Hellblazer and hey we want to write we want a new Hellblazer graphic novel what should it be like oh it's trying to make it like the style of those 90s comics that had the heaviest of hitters working on them so you think that this is this is the generation of comic book artists that kind of came into the business idolizing Gaiman and uh, Dave McKean and I think I was trying to think of Mike Drinsberg the other day. Couldn't think of his name. I can't really say what Sandman artists the interiors remind me of, but I definitely get a vibe of that. But I think it's it, it it's almost like Vertigo House style for that era, if there were, if you could even make a claim to such a thing. But these covers are like they're they're almost like. It's almost like laughable. Like it's like, oh, here's some feathers and a nail and some rose petals. You know, it's it's so like. Well, they're they're not know. technically they're not covers. You know, no, I know they don't they're have... they're chapter bumps. Yeah, but like they're so like they're so like yeah, Dave McKean, that dude was a genius. Let's do our version of that. Not, I mean, you know, well, I, I, I'm not t- trash. Well, Mako at, at the time was was working on the Hellblazer serialized book as well with with Mike Carey. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It, it's a weird thing to me that this isn't just five or six issues of the comic, but I I don't know that it it is a it's in a weird spot. I guess they. I don't. Maybe this was. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I think it is basically an introduction of the character, a way to rope people back in or to remind people, hey, Hellblazer still exists. It's but it's very strange to me that Manko worked with Mike Carey on various arcs of this the serialized Hellblazer book, and then they also released a graphic novel separate from that. I can't think of anyone else anything else that has done that. But I think this is their last collaboration with Hellblazer. I don't know. I I think it strikes all the right place. It like strikes all the right chords. Mm-hmm. You know. I oh, think yeah. I think it it is immediately like yeah. This feels of my, like my relatively uninformed estimation of what help what who John Constantine is and what Hellblazer is feels very much like uh yeah things happen but there's there's always like there's magic there's cost always attributed to it. It's messy and gross and dirty. It is you know it's it's low dark magic. You know it's not. It's not magic words. It's not Gandalf. It is not Harry Potter. It is, this is, magic is blood, basically. And, you know, in this book, you see him battle demons and bargain with gods that are disgusting, who have entrapped little children to, I guess, I don't know. The, the Constantine is like, it's a weird thing in that the main antagonist the the weird demon guy he doesn't i don't know he didn't have a real like i didn't have a firm grip on his motivation other than i'm mm-hmm. a, i'm a demon i'm a bad guy yeah i mean i got that he's making his own hell in la right and that is his motivation to collect souls 
And I think that's basically the whole motivation. Is that what you got? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just like, hey, I want, I basically picked this girl because she has connection to John Constantine and I want his services. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah. It's a little, that's certainly a little thin. I mean, I think it's more of a, a more of a, it's more about Constantine than anything. You know, mm-hmm. his villains are kind of, aside from the Aztec god with a name I cannot pronounce. The Aztec words are, are insane. It's fine. Yeah. Mick. McLenta Cahoodle? Cahoodle? That don't, don't, don't try it. <laughs> I, I had to give uh, one shot. You'll have a seizure. But, like, that god actually got seen more time than, I, I just didn't understand the, I don't know, I, I we, because the story starts off with, with Constantine as a child, and facing the Aztec god in, like, in a nightmare or something. But then, that doesn't really develop you know there's no it's more like oh well i live in the past and present and the future at all the same time i am the god of death i'm everywhere so i I, that's all that was and i was expecting a little bit more of of a connection to why it reached out to him when he was a a baby basically a child book is grotesque (laughs) i've read grosser stuff i mean yes we have but it's still pretty I know, I know. We, dirty get, is the correct word. Yeah, it really is pretty grimy. It is, it is dirty. Yeah, you you feel like you need a bath afterwards. I like that about it. I mean, I it's right. Mm-hmm. It's the right tone for this this story. This, yeah. with it and this character, you know, it he is dirty and gross and kind of a, scum, hmm. a scum, scumbag. I think that it still manages to have a lot of appeal despite feeling very very dirty and weathered and and disgusting to where like if i was going to compare this like if steve dillon had done the story or something you know like that who was it that did um the boys i can't even think of that artist did ronnie stamos work on that he also did transmet didn't he Derek robertson yeah that's who it is yeah i think stamos rodney stamos was the anchor maybe on both of those i don't recall um like you, I, you mean Rodney Rodney Ramos? Ramos, John Stamos uh, was the the chief handsome guy. <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, that I think you know a book done this story done by them it would like this this art uh, has. I mean, I've talked about the concept of appeal. Yes. Um, th- this this has that you know. Um. It's something like Steve Dillon like makes things gross and dirty to try and disturb you. Like it, it, he intentionally dials down the appeal, where this is gross and dirty and weird. But I still feel like it's done in an appealing way. It is done in a way with appeal. I just think that's an interesting balance to strike. You know, everything works pretty well here art wise you know ink and and shadows and highlights and texture and color like it never feels too much or too overwhelming or too much anything it 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 feels pretty on point and i i like that 
I mean, I I enjoyed my time with the book. It reads real fast. Yeah, it reads great. Um, it it I mean the story. It, it, I think I was. I don't know. I felt. How do you feel about the 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 ending, which is basically a happy ending? Mm-hmm. I was a little. I, you know, I I thought the you know the, it started off with him going to that uh, diviner or channeler or whatever that that guy was, and that guy burns alive. Yeah. And but after that, there's not much of a body count in this, at least not on yeah. on the page. You know, it's a bunch of oh, there's a bunch of people who are in a coma, but we don't ever really mm-hmm. see them for the most part. And I was I I kind of been like, "Oh, wow. Okay, so a person dies and I thought we're definitely going to see more of Constantine using people to get to this demon and then they end up dying." But it never I never really happened. And then the little girl lives at the end and it felt a little too easy. I see I didn't I didn't think so. I never at any point maybe that's just me that it didn't feel dangerous enough that like kind of that is who Constantine is that the the, the joy is watching him sort of figure it out. He's like he's like he's like Loki. You know, that like you're you're sure he's going to get to the end and he's going to achieve what he needs to achieve. And you're going to see some weird shit along the way. But I don't know. The, the fun is kind of seeing what what curveballs are going to get thrown at him. I mean, I don't know. I, I at no point was I like, you know, this little girl's really in danger and she's going to die. Well, I mean, not her. Necess- I, I think it's more of human cost and it's. I don't know. Maybe he's just a little like he isn't an, an asshole at times, but it's really just him insulting people. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. And I would have, I don't know, maybe seen it, him a little bit more conflicted, a little bit more willing to have other people die to save this little girl's life. You know, and I, you know, it's not necessarily like this is a, if it felt like a, a kind of a romp by the end, you know, a romp through the, dirty devil world but still like the only the only things that die in the like like last half of the book are are a bunch of demons mm-hmm. that killed by the god of death which is pretty cool you know there's yeah. a, that it's a of the aztec god of death devouring a bunch of demons christian it's demons an awesome scene and they can't escape because they're yeah because they're trapped by holy water yep and shit was so cool yes that's a very very good scene and, yeah. it's, and like I'm not, I I think the 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 cool factor is definitely there. It's just I maybe want my Constantine a little bit worse, maybe, maybe a couple more people die in there. Mm. They don't have to be good people. They can be some bad guy that he ropes into it, and they end up killing, getting killed. I mean. Well, would it make you feel better if I told you that every one of those demons that dies is responsible for different gang violence in Chicago? Uh, no. Each one controls a different Chicago gang. I don't know. I would not feel better about that. I would feel decidedly okay. worse. Okay. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I was going to... He really did some good work there. Oh, good. Yeah. The, uh... You, uh when you said about... You compared it, the art to Dylan and appeal. Mm. I guess this is just going to be also a tangent about a little bit about preacher, but we do that occasionally. Mm. It it it. Well, I mean, he is. 
it's hard to not compare Constantine and this guy who is essentially Jesse Custer that's his sidekick. It's hard to not compare this to Preacher. Well, I mean, that's what I was going to say is that despite all the the like negative appeal that Dylan applied to the art, Jesse Custer always was handsome. Mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument. I don't think that Dylan ever drew a handsome person in his life. Uh, I think but he, I think he I, drew Jesse Custer handsome. I think he was intended to be handsome. I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. I think Tulip looked like a foot. She looked like a human foot in that book. Not a chicken foot? I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. I just think that I think that, uh, and that's the thing I I do like in those, you know, in the more the the modern Constantine books is he's kind of sexy. They're sexy mm-hmm. books a little bit, and this basically is none, other than he's vaguely roguishly handsome. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty asexual book. I mean, the idea of like powerful black wizard black black magician whatever the fuck he is um who wears a trench coat and used to play in a fucking english punk band like there's a lot of really like i don't know you, you they really need to i think it was a good decision to make uh to make him sexier and i wish that they would capitalize on all that it's always seemed like like all the pieces have never quite been there but i feel like it's a fun conceit why have they never made like it seems like the Dresden Files is like the the own like the the, the TV show the made for TV version of this. Yeah, I was thinking about it. And like, yeah, it's the Dresden Files are the like Han Solo version of John Constantine, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy shit! Uh, an HBO series about Constantine would be fucking amazing. I mean, there's <sighs> the, the there's the NBC show. Is there? Yeah, it's on. I NBC. was not aware of that. It's on NBC though. Yeah, well, who cares about that? And it had one season. I was gonna say, I, I it seemed like everything that was Constantine was over. It, well, that, I mean, that was more recent than the Keanu Reeves movie. Yes, that was the series was in 2014 to 2015, and he's appeared uh, in on Arrow and in Legends of Tomorrow. I wonder if it's watchable. What the, I, I, I I would I would. Um, this was adapted in one of the episodes. Oh, good. Although they, you know, they are pretty loose with that adaptation. Yeah, one format's it's its own thing. But they made a movie. Yeah. It's not. I, I think that movie has certain charm to it, but that character and this character are completely dissimilar. They're no, mm. there's nothing alike, other than they smoke cigarettes. I mean, I like. I, I would say they probably have a similar name. They do have the same name, <laughs> but no British accent, no punk bands, no DC Universe, mm-hmm. no Sandman showing up. It really does feel like it's a '90s Vertigo book. Mm-hmm. But I think that's. I don't know. That's. I think that's what Vertigo did in the 2000s. Yeah, the dream of the '90s is alive at Vertigo. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, M- Marvel and DC kind of had moved on to the wide cinematic, yeah, whatever, Brian Hitch stuff. This uh, doesn't feel like it's not, I mean, 
I see similarity in that to this. It feels photorealistic, at least to an extent. But I I like the feel and the energy of this more. More than you know. More than what? No, you talk about like a hitch. Oh, okay. Ultimates. Yeah. I mean, I was I was way into it at the time, obviously, but I think this this stands up really well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the the best part about it is that it it isn't. I don't know. Like we talk about, oh, it's so '90s Vertigo, but '90s Vertigo was pretty good. Yeah. So you know, if you just so much like that thing that I like a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's doing that same thing, but you know, it. I think the story is solid. Like, it, I would describe this book all around as a solid, consistent. Mm. I, you know, and I don't think that's bad. That's not bad to like. It's not like I. It's not. It's a good starter book for a John mm-hmm. Constantine. I think this is a good place to start. You know, and if you like it, go look, go go read Hellblazer from the beginning, or read the modern series for you know. A slightly different take, but I'm not. It it's self-contained, works well, art works well, story's told well, character voice feels right. It's, the story is, despite the fact that it contains a lot of demons and like world gods of death and all that, it's a pretty self-contained small story. You don't need to know basically anything about John Constantine's history other than he is a detective magic detective kind of guy it's it's all pretty well packaged in here maybe they just wanted to to, maybe that's the reason it was a graphic novel because they wanted to kind of put it outside of continuity yeah i think that's in general a pretty good thing i don't know Eric. i think i'm i'm pretty good with it you got anything else to say pretty wrapped all right that was constantine hellblazer all his engines Written by Mike Carey, art by Leonardo Manco. For episode 200, it will be in a, in a month from, uh, four weeks from the day this is published, we'll have episode 200 out. We will be reading The Killing Joke by Alan Moore and Brian Bolland. We're talking about that. Big book for episode 200. Try and get some positivity in there, perhaps. Although... We'll be positive about something. I, I'll be positive about my feelings. Mm-hmm. 100% sure of them. Probably. I haven't read Killing... I, you've read Killing Joke before, right, Eric? I have. Okay, uh, yeah. A couple of times. Yeah, me too. I didn't... I thought it was cool at the time. But... Yeah. We'll we'll see. But read along with us for big, big episode 200. But uh That'll be next next episode, four weeks' time from today. Um, I think I'll do it. For us, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. We're on Twitter at HBC Hour. And you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Like us, follow us, uh, you know, go to Apple Podcasts or, or Google Play Music or Stitcher or wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast service you use. Give us a five-star review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, those little things all add up. Help us find new listeners, and we definitely appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. 
and you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. It includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I am known on both as Easy Goodnight. With that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. (laughs) 